Fabulous Thursday. Excited for the pod. Have you uh, had anything recently that would make you super excited to perhaps live in this post-apocalyptic world that we're building? <laughs> um, well, if I say no, that's going to be short. Um, <laughs> yeah, but I'll say no. All right, cool. Well, that's good. That's truth, honesty, and the way forward. So, got anything for us today? Yeah, um, last night started, I, I think many people have gone down the rabbit hole on this guy, but I started to. Have you ever heard of Terry Davis and Temple OS? No, but this sounds like a cult. <laughs> it's, uh, I think it would have been a cult if this guy cared about anyone besides himself. I thought that that's what cults were, was like one guy at the top is so sociopathic that he can trick everyone into thinking that he cares about everyone. Okay, good point. His thing was he couldn't trick anyone into thinking that he cared about them, and in fact <laughs> really just kind of berated everyone. Uh, uh, he was a programmer. I forget the company that he worked for, but basically in the, the mid-90s, he started having some mental issues he was diagnosed schizophrenic later on or at least claimed that he was diagnosed schizophrenic i don't know if that was ever proven but basically in the mid 90s he stopped working his regular programming job and he just lived with his parents and continued programming as a hobby and basically treating it like his job like you just do it all day every day uh, but he wasn't officially employed by anyone you can do your hobby all day every day I've done that, like, a lot. <laughs> True. Uh, well, I guess the the reason I say it had more of a work vibe is because he actually was even trying to monetize his product. Um, so what he was doing was creating his own operating system. Oh, cool. <laughs> Why? You know, it's... Uh, I think it was, like, part love of programming and part like schizophrenic like fuck you and fuck windows and fuck linux too well i do often <laughs> think about like making my own operating system but for the purposes of like locking my door with it and being like no one else can use this and then i get to use whatever characters i want so i can have like hearts unicorns little dragons yeah well okay so that's kind of exactly what he was doing but his was all christianity themed because oh he was... <laughs> man, I got so much closer than I thought I was going to. <laughs> he was a big Christian. I don't know that he ever like went to church or anything, but he was constantly talking about God. The whole operating system was like God-based, Christianity-based, um, to the point where like everything in it was even named after like biblical characters. Is this the guy that named the quadrants of his? Wait, so did this guy end up actually getting a business? No, he died in 2018, never okay, like, successfully cool. sold anything. Because there is, like, there's some weird wing of uh, a tech company that the guy names all of the different branches of the company after, maybe I'm thinking of a video game, but uh, <laughs> just after, like, biblical gates and stuff. So if you worked in, like, an ethereal, but I don't know enough about the Bible, I guess, to name shit like that. Oh, like his actual company? It was definitely a video game. There was no creepy tech company. Yeah. You're like, oh, I'm going over to the break room. And he's like, you mean Mount the Sinai? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I will have to look up what the hell that is. But sure, Mount Sinai. Yeah, I, I don't know a ton about it either. That's like, uh, I actually just remember that from reading this shit. That's like where uh, Moses found the burning bush, I think. And then he like climbed uh. up it and talked to God or something. I don't know. Uh, so anyways, yeah, he, he made this whole program, uh, or operating system, I should say. I think kind of the current take, and maybe even when he was putting this stuff out into the world, because he was very much, like, communicating about it and, like, showing it to people, even if they hated it. Uh, so he was doing the same thing that we're going to be doing with, uh, listen to my podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But so I think the, like, 
kind of modern take on him and maybe it was always this way is like this guy is either the best programmer ever or just like a total dumbass why is he wasting his time with this shit uh which did he end up being it's still hotly debated so um the first operating system he made was called lose those l-o-s-e t-h-o-s ever since the avengers phase 15 project came out any t-h-o anything is thanos in my head so (laughs) i'm not gonna get whatever reference that's supposed to be so i don't know that there is a reference i kind of tried to research that and didn't find anything i think it was kind of just something he made up that he thought sounded cool um i I really don't know where lose this came from but he first put it out into the world in like 2007-ish but when he put it out he had this whole statement that he wrote up about it which is actually hilarious the whole statement kind of starts off like hey I don't mean to be so rude but all you Linux fanboy motherfuckers need to eat shit and like rock on my new OS (laughs) like it's so just like brazen asshole kind of shit did he have any like case uses for his OS to even be able to brag about it? Was he like, this handles this better? So there was some of that, and that's what he frequently, like, kind of talked shit about. So Luthos was, like, less than two megabytes. Which, like, from an optimization standpoint, was insane. Um, It was also really outdated, so that's why I say the first time he put it out into the world was, like, 2007. But in his statement, he was like, oh, I started working on this in 1993. Like, it's based off of this uh, 16-color graphic system. So it's like... Windows 3 technology? (laughs) Yeah. If it would have came out in 93, it would have been, like, leaps ahead of shit. But the fact that it came out in 2007 was like... Okay, this is an insanely optimized, old, outdated technology that no one would ever want to use. <laughs> I actually have a case use for that. So, like, nobody's using it? So it's kind of like no one's been working on hacking it, which I don't know how security-minded it is. But do you remember when I was talking about uh, the government having their own, like, level of technology that we just keep as a standard for, like, learning systems? Yeah. If you had a super optimized 90s learning system, like installed in a tablet or something, and you just made that like the public school tablet. Yeah. So, I mean, that kind of that could be a really good use for it. Um, And kind of when people pressed him on that after he started putting it out in the world, he would be like, well, this is for tinkering. This is just for people who love programming, who love to directly connect to their hardware through their software because it gave you an incredible amount of control over whatever you installed it on. Um, but a lot of it like is just his love for programming. And he would constantly talk about that even within the OS. You would like... So <laughs> the craziest part about this whole thing was that he figured out a way to make an entirely text-based file turn into 3D rendered graphics. Um, that's actually shit I'm <laughs> terrified of. Yeah. So that that's why I bring up the the thing that he would like leave notes inside the OS because in the game section, uh, there was like a whole thing that was like, this is a ripoff of this game. I just did like respect to that game and you should play that. I just did this because I love programming. And then it ended with like, don't play games, write games. That's those are two different things, man. (laughs) There are lots of people who read books that have no interest in writing them. Yeah, so he definitely had this very, like, sacred kind of view of programming, almost. Cool, I just figured out a way to get him a government paycheck in less than, like, 30 seconds. Let's hear it. That's what I already did. You used that as the technology. I'm still moving towards... Yeah, like, that's at least a case use that you can push on somebody and be like, oh, hey, here's a good reason to use this. It's old technology, so it's cheap and well understood, and I've optimized it. So how about we do that? Yeah. You can sell the government on uh, not spending money on children. It's one of the things they're great at. (laughs) True. Yeah, so 
let's back it up a little bit. He created Lustos, right? That eventually evolved into what he called Temple OS. So Lustos was a little bit less of the like crazy, crazy Christian thing all the time. Yeah. Uh, but by Temple OS, it was like it was everything. Um, so much to the point where like the debugger was named Adam. Um, all of the games were Christianity themed. Was that Adam's <laughs> job? Like in the Adam and Eve situation, <laughs> was, was Adam walking around like, oh, this doesn't look right. God, God, <laughs> may I kill it? Like, is that what he did? Or is he considering like the debugging, like the naming of the animals? The only reason I remember all of this is because I'm reading Margaret, Ant- Margaret Antwood books. I don't know. It actually, it kind of does make sense that Adam, in a biblical sense, is a little bit of a debugger, I guess. Then it's like, was the uh, was the snake in the apple like the first virus? I That's guess what I I'm saying. Is that doesn't make sense because that like that the entire analogy falls apart unless it's some weird sexist thing where like he's dealing with his wife. And he's like, hey, I got to debug this shit. <laughs> and she was the problem because that's the only thing I can think of unless his job was actually to literally debug things like he was the first man killing spiders or whatever yeah he was just taking lice off of people and stuff well there was only the two right okay so monkeys or something I don't know things with fur <laughs> well he could have taken lice off the dinosaurs according to yeah. I guess some things <laughs> Yeah, so it, it was just all Christianity themed. Um, there were a few programs in there. There was God Doodle, which was basically like paint, but uh, there were no tools. You would just press spacebar, and it would like randomly put something in. Like it would like draw a line or draw a curve or like if you already had some lines and curves, it would like fill it in with the color. So and then you would just keep pressing space. Um, and then at a certain point, it was random, it would just be done. <laughs> Is he suggesting that's how God created man? Because that's a very procedurally generated, almost like evolution thing to say, which has always been my thing anyway, when people are like, evolution's not real. And I'm like, why can't you God have just invented evolution? And they're <laughs> like, ah, cuz. Cool. Yeah. It seemed like he definitely equated randomness to God in some way. That was God Doodle. There was also God Song, uh, which you would input like what octave you wanted it to be in, what time signature, and then it would generate a random song. It had like an onboard dictionary that it would just pull words from, and it would create little lyrics. It would make like a little like a chiptune kind of song just like a little beep beep boop 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 is there an emulator <laughs> we can run this on yeah so that's what i was gonna say um you know loose this was two megabytes temple os was like 16 megabytes because i downloaded it last night oh good <laughs> do you already have a file ready <laughs> i do um we'd have to run it through a vm and like boot it straight from that so we can try a little later on and maybe add something but i'm not ready to run it right now I watched some videos of people running it in the modern day, and it seemed like their version of God Song they couldn't get to work, at least not the way Terry got it to work. His was a lot more impressive, where there's just kind of, it didn't have the words, and it just made like a random little little tones, but not any of the lyrical part of it. Indeed. But yeah, so there's God Doodle, God Song. Oh, one of the games was a full-on flight simulator. And I actually watched Terry play the flight simulator. Do you it's, just uh, press spacebar and it takes off and eventually <laughs> it just lands wherever it wants because it's done? It would have kind of stuck with his theme of randomness. But no, he actually... I couldn't see like his fingers on the keyboard, but you could tell he was controlling it some other way. And it's like, you know, respect to Terry, I'm not trying to make fun of mental disabilities either, but... He's just kind of, like, grinding his teeth, like, clenching his jaw, like, flipping his head back and forth. Like, he looks insane playing the game. Totally (laughs) intense. Yeah, that was... I can't remember his name in uh, grade school. I got made fun of a lot because of, like, wacky 3D racing on Super Nintendo. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because he caught me, like, steering the 
controller like a car which at that point in time I had never even driven and like because I would just white knuckle and like turn and that's why I stopped playing racing games in the first place because he'd always make fun of me yeah. I was just like well these are lame <laughs> but yeah I, I too look completely insane anytime I'm trying to drive or fly anything unless it's Star Wars Battlefronts 2 in which case I kill it all flying shit <laughs> pro pilot yeah so um he also had this thing that was randomly generated that he would refer to as God says. So I mentioned that he started posting stuff online. He kind of later on, he was very involved uh, with Reddit. He would post a lot of stuff there. Of course. And which would get completely ignored or downvoted. Um, the people that would talk to him would kind of express a tiny bit of interest at times. But would tell him like, but what's the purpose of this? Or like, yeah, where are you taking a, it? That's the entire <laughs> thing is like, it's cool to have this idea because I have had this exact same idea, apparently. Yeah. But so when he would respond to them, it seemed like more so when he was angry, he'd say what he had to say. And then he would leave this little God says, and it was just like a random ass string of words. It would just be like beehive cornucopia pine tree they're they're (laughs) going to find out that this computer is so how somehow or this os is somehow wired into like the ether of the (laughs) fucking cosmos and those are legitimate like you break them down into their numerical components and they find a perfectly livable planet in another galaxy when we plug them in (laughs) yeah it could be i mean this guy was on to something, I think. Whether it was he's just like the most insane optimizer ever, or if he had something else going on. Um, but he's, I mean, he left a ton of, like I mentioned earlier, he died in 2018. Um, he, he was homeless at the time of his death. Didn't really like mess with people as far as being violent or anything like that. But online was constantly interacting with people and like, that's definitely a huge part of his legacy. It's like, oh, this guy did this, like this wild programming project all on his own. But why and what was he trying to tell us? And why was he like kind of such an asshole? Uh, it sounds like <laughs> this guy just had a little touch of the I know I'm a genius thing going on, oh, which he... is like the downfall of most geniuses that like almost every genius you find that like died homeless you end up finding out that they're just kind of a crotchety, mean genius that knew they were a genius. And doesn't matter if you can cure cancer, sir. Uh, you're a dick. Yeah. So he definitely had that personality. There's a ton of online stuff that he left. Even just streams of him, like I mentioned with the flight simulator, like going through the OS, but you see him on camera, his yeah. face and everything. And we're talking about, like, the kind of asshole, I'm the smartest man in the world thing. And he would literally say that almost every sentence. Kind of in the middle of a sentence where it didn't even make sense. He'd be like, okay, and check this out. Now I'm going to, I'm the smartest man in the world. Open up God Doodle. <laughs> oh, so did you say this guy was actually neurodivergent yet? He is schizophrenic. Okay, yeah. yeah. Well, so maybe that's one of his tics. I think it kind of may have been because of the odd placement of it. He definitely had, I guess I'll call it an ego. I mean, it it is an ego, you know, just talking down to people. Um, And that was just a pattern throughout. Even when he was doing the lose this stuff, he wasn't posting that to Reddit yet. He had posted it to like a different programmers forum that he had found. And he's, you know, he would write stuff like, Oh, here's uh, Luzthos OS, the most wonderful piece of programming in the world. And you guys probably won't be able to understand it. It's going to be beyond you, that kind of thing. So that was part of why people never um, really like gave him the full credit or wanted to talk to him like, hey, why are you doing this or how does this work? Because he was just, like, so abrasive. It was interesting, though, because when people would praise him or even be like, man, this is amazing. I can't believe you did this all on your own. But I have to ask, like, what's the use case here? What are you going to do with it? 
he would kind of respond a little more, definitely a lot more positively. And he'd be like, well, you know, this is just for people that love programming. This is for tinkering. Maybe I'll make profit. Maybe not. So it's like, I don't think he ever really had a clear goal or anything. It's just something spoke to him to tell him to do this every day for yeah, years. this is a real mean joke, but uh, he was schizophrenic, so probably <laughs> something did talk to him. And I'm actually curious about that a lot, because schizophrenic people do, like, ingenious shit quite often. Mm-hmm. And then you look at them and you're like, oh, you did that with a voice in your head telling you you weren't worth it all of the time, which most of us have to rely on our parents for. But yeah. he just gets that, like, 24-7. So I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm actually wondering if that guy's, the voices in his head were just other programmers. Yeah, that'd be wild. One last thing just about how basically impressive this was. Um, like I said, he wrote it from scratch, but he didn't even use anybody else's computer language. He wrote his own. He called it See Holy. Of course. <laughs> it was oh. basically... <laughs> It's somewhere, you know, the whole C language. There's like C, C++, C Sharp. Yes, I this know one, of these things. Yeah, so this one, I guess, was like, as far as uh, its uh, like level of language, it was kind of between C and C++. Um, he notated it with a, like a crucifix. <laughs> like if he wrote it out, like instead of like C and then the plus sign, it would be like C and then the crucifix. <laughs> That's insane. <laughs> I don't, how do you even, all right, when you're writing an OS, how do you write the characters you're writing the OS in? Yeah, I do. that's why Terry Davis is insane. Do you insane. just fucking write it in the dirt and then build what should be a computer around it and like, ah, it works now. That's next on my technologies I'm going to try and understand. Yeah, but C Holy to this day is still the fastest running version of C. That's pretty insane. Yeah, I so don't like, think anyone uses it. <laughs> so, like, what's the smallest thing I could put this OS on? I mean, anything that has 16 megabytes of storage or more. I think I have a random Raspberry Pi chip just sitting in my house. Oh, you could for sure put it on a Raspberry Pi. I don't think it's a whole Raspberry Pi. It came in a magazine. Oh. It's just a little chip, and I think it's just a tiny computer that they're like, this is a beginner's. Here you go. That's <laughs> well, my dad. Still collects magazines, and I reaped the benefits. Yeah, we can try it. I mean, here it is right here. Temple OS. Oh, it's closer to 17 megabytes almost. Ah, that's... (laughs) I'm sure it'll be fine. Have you ever heard of the Power Rangers curse? I feel like maybe I did. Did it start with the White Ranger? Uh, it started, so the appearance that I would like to state at the beginning of this, I do not believe in the Power Rangers curse, and this more <laughs> turned into a story about me being glad I didn't know how shitty the company that owns Power Rangers was until now. Okay. But basically... Who does own them? Saban entertainment oh okay yeah and they have some pretty shit practices but anyway so there's uh 13 deaths and uh two incredibly violent people involved in this story jesus are they Uh, all power rangers (laughs) only one of the deaths is a power ranger okay both of the ruined lives or no one of the ruined lives is a Power Ranger. The other ruined life is a non-speaking role. Jeez. Um, so you wouldn't have even known anything about the Power Rangers curse until probably like 2006 or something. The first quote-unquote victim of the Power Rangers curse was in 2001. Okay. Um, the original Yellow Ranger. Which was a girl, right? Yeah. Okay. What's her name, Ashley? I'm just testing my memory. That's the <laughs> that That's the replacement. Okay. Um, Her name was uh, Tu Trang. Or Twee. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Twee. Twee Trang. Yeah. Um, I remember her, but it was kind of short-lived, right? Yes, because she uh, wanted money for her job. 
<laughs> and they replaced her. Silly Power um, Ranger. <laughs> yeah. So she, in 2001, was driving with a friend who uh, somehow ended up smashing into a wall, like a overbearing wall. And it gets real confusing from there because then somehow after that, they fell off of a cliff, like rolled uh-huh. over like a bridge wall. So they hit like a rock wall and rolled like somehow ricocheted off of that onto like a bridge wall and over that she died her friend became a paraplegic the guy who played zordon robert manahan is zordon the big like face in the tube that like the glowing white yeah okay uh, he died of i think a brain tumor or no so he died first he died in 2000 from a brain aneurysm at 43 years old do you remember the weird little pudgy shop owner yeah 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 so uh he died after trying to take care of his health of a heart attack in Wait, 2008 is the curse just if you're involved with the power rangers this is why cursed? i don't <laughs> fucking believe in the power rangers curse is because there's this huge list of dead people that seems like they just have dead people it gets a little creepier from here okay so he dies of a heart attack that guy's name was richard greenley okay Zordon, um, Richard Greenlee. Yeah, so in a nice little quick succession, uh, the woman who played Rita Repulsor died of pancreatic cancer when she was 68, which doesn't confuse me at all. <laughs> then Bob Peppenbrook, one of the voice actors, died of lung disease in 2006 as well. Uh, Edward Lawrence... Yeah, Edward Lawrence died of uh, lung cancer as well. And this is all post-Rangers, right? I mean, it has to be for the curse. Yes, none of this is going on (laughs) during the show at all. Yeah. Maurice Mendoza, in season two, died of an unknown causes. Like, they still haven't told anybody. But they always make the caveat to say unknown or undisclosed causes. Yeah. Um, so she's unknown. Yeah, like, yeah, it doesn't know how she died. Um, Rabago? I couldn't find a way to actually pronounce this guy's name, and he only has one name, but he's the guy who played the uh, Sensei Master that okay. doesn't know their Power Rangers that they all go to. Yeah. He also died from unknown causes or unspecified causes. Um, but I mean, these are like old people, right? Yes, he is. <laughs> Maria was uh, 39. Okay. But then, so it drops down a little bit. Eric Frank, who also dies of an unspecified illness, died at 29. Oh, jeez. Yeah, that was, I want to say in like 2006. And then Peta Rudder was... I think she was a woman from the Mystic Force Power Rangers. Another thing that's going to happen after this is I have to go and look at how many Power Rangers there are because I didn't realize it was 30 years almost. Yeah. And they're rebooting the show now. But uh, she died at 50 from a brain tumor. So that's like everyone who died. Most of those people are like brain aneurysm. The amount of people that it's unspecified makes me think that uh, maybe the company was real heavy into asbestos. And that, yes, because later finding on and like just kind of curiosity looking up how the company runs itself. Power Rangers curse is asbestos. (laughs) I think it might be because the other ones of these are like, all right, we're going to move to the ruined lives part. Okay. And we'll start with the most recent quote unquote victim of the Power Rangers curse, who quite simply... Uh, beat the living shit out of his girlfriend in 2018 and then Jesus. killed himself. Oh my god. Yeah. I think I heard about this when it happened. Yeah. Which Was he I, the Red Ranger? I believe so. And you'll there's a weird thing with the like the they colors. seem well no, they seem to have like I think they're making the Power Rangers method act. <laughs> like because they all seem to kind of get in more trouble when they're bad guys. Like if you go through because the, the petty crimes and stuff for them getting like arrested for public intoxication or whatever like they exist they're not huge but then they go into like they played a bad guy for like two months or whatever 
and the, like they just <laughs> like get, uh, you robbed a circle k well, you're yeah, gonna have well, to be the villain it's like they get possession <laughs> charges like i looked some of that stuff up and i was like it's not even really worth going into but the first run through of me trying to find because i tried to just find everyone who died first and then everybody who was a shithead second and yeah. like have two lists and this guy is the only one that fell into both died and shithead but every time you uh look it up versus the power rangers curse he died of mysterious causes instead of being murdered which is or instead of committing suicide, suicide yeah. which is what the newspaper where he killed himself said ah uh, so yeah. this is the internet romanticizing yes and then the uh <laughs> explanation of like two or three years of extreme physical and verbal view abuse that this guy's <laughs> girlfriend told everybody so she is who i'm gonna listen to in that situation and then it goes to what i was talking about when people end up playing bad guys i heard this guy was a red ranger for a little bit then became you know how they do that thing in power rangers where they take the leader of the power rangers and flip them to being the leader of the bad guys for like half a season yeah so yeah. at some point in time they made that guy go for more than one season so he was the red ranger that okay. turned into the bad red ranger where he was just some guy with a samurai sword yeah that was the classic Red Ranger bad guy. Like, they did it with the White Ranger originally, I think. Review of that movie. <laughs> yeah. Basically, him and his roommate got in an argument one night, and instead of being an adult and uh, chilling out, he went and got a sword from his room and stabbed him to death through the guts. When he was the Red Ranger? Like, this is... Like, he was still the red ranger in the show he's currently doing six years for voluntary manslaughter because he killed the guy Jesus. um and he did not kill him with a katana he killed him with a broadsword or at least that's the only i'm real specific about my swords personally but the closest depiction i could get was of a broadsword because everyone said it was a conan the barbarian sword because apparently we don't keep our swords straight damn and then the uh the third asshole is this guy who, thank God, from Arizona. Uh, <laughs> he had a non-speaking role as a kid learning to play soccer, I think in the first or second season. This is the guy that they always point to for like, this is how real the curse is. But he's a child actor. He was a child actor. And yeah. at the age of 30, he... <laughs> in, so literally decades yes, later. Yes, completely like just <laughs> way. And he was... He was in the show for five minutes, maybe. As a kid playing soccer. Not yes. even like a ranger or like yes. some villain. And was not a speaking line. So like <laughs> they just throw him in this for pretty much no reason. He went to an elderly couple who were living in a house yacht. Girlfriend and their kid were like looking for a yacht. And they went and convinced this couple to uh, let them do a walkthrough and take it out for a spin. So they all went out into the middle of wherever waterfront. It had to have not been. I think they were. I have to look up where this was in. Because I know it was in Arizona, but we're talking about boats. So my brain's not working. Probably like Pleasant, I would guess. Yes, and I know there's like a lot of houseboats up there. But their bodies were never found. Oh, geez. Yeah. See, this this guy's <laughs> an asshole. That's like nothing to do with it. But uh, yeah, he was 29. Prescott. That's okay. where he was. Yeah. So he uh, went out to water with these guys. And, On their uh, boat. Yeah. Okay. So Because they're doing like a walkthrough, here's how it runs deal test drive. So we're talking kind of more like a houseboat or something. It's a Not, yacht. Okay. Like it is legitimately a yacht. Okay, yeah. Nice. Yeah. It just happens to be where the like 50-something-year-old couple were uh, living at the time. Right. Because, yeah, it was a 55-foot yacht. Yacht. <laughs> the well deserved was its name which is pretty grim when you figure out what happened but yeah so we took them out to sea and apparently uh tied them up to the anchor and just threw them in the fucking water jesus yeah <laughs> and he was pretty close to immediately caught because he came back and there was nobody with him like wow. it was just him and his wife so they're like all right whatever but uh so He's, the wife witnessed all this? His wife? 
Or like she was in it's on it? It's suspected that she, the only reason why she was there was to uh, keep the elderly couple at ease. Because originally they were <laughs> How kind of, thoughtful. <laughs> well, originally he they were kind of sketched out because he was there by himself. But he brought his wife, or I don't know if his wife or his girlfriend, and kid. Jesus, yeah. bring the kid to this. To. It's so, a family murder. <laughs> I think he just got. Uh, yeah, I think he just got sentenced recently to the death sentence. But while he was in there, he was also he has admitted to slitting a guy's throat after conning him out of fifty thousand dollars. What? Yeah. Is this guy just trying to stay in prison forever? Well, I mean, why look at him. Oh, okay. That guy, yeah. <laughs> like, you, you look at pictures of him when he's a kid, and I don't mean to say that there's anything to, like, you can tell, but the kid looks like maybe he's going to murder somebody in 30 years. Like, he's got that creepy made-for-TV smile going on. Yeah. I do. I have a hard time judging people by their faces pretty often, but that guy definitely does have kind of like that blank stare. Yeah, the <laughs> Fred Jones from Scooby Doo. Yeah, just get in the car, Shaggy. <laughs> yeah, but so and the most of this Power Rangers curse thing, I originally looked it up because I had heard something about it, and I was kind of the thing I was looking for is the two dudes that were like the troublemaker bad guys that weren't really bad guys they do you understand what i'm saying yeah like the, the bullies yeah. yeah yeah they were like kind of the henchmen of that main evil chick right no they were just the two guys no henchmen nothing involved they got turned into think putty people a couple of times oh right right yeah, but yeah. They, they weren't involved with the actual power rangers they were just the bullies they were the bad guys of the normal people yeah yeah so Years ago, I heard some weird story about those guys having a real rough time after they got done with it, and that's what I thought the Power Rangers curse was going to be, and not a list of people dying for uh, <laughs> fucking provable causes over 30 years, because I'm sure in 10 years, this list will be twice as big. Yeah, but actually, it's like, you ever heard of Google? Yeah, that's those two Power Rangers. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> That'd be so funny. But uh, They actually did extremely well. <laughs> yeah, so I went... One of the things that looks real fucking weird in this is, uh, like, five people died of actual disease. The woman who played Rita died by herself of shit, like, that they should have been getting fucking healthcare for. Yeah. Like, realistically, when I went back and looked at this, all it did was make me go, okay, why are these, like... Some of these are seasoned actors, like they should be able to get health care. Yeah, or like, they're probably part of SAG or something at least. So this is the issue. Saban specifically would not make it a guild's union gig. Oh, so the wow. reason why Twee was originally replaced and the original uh, Black Ranger and the original White Ranger in between the first and the second season all of the toy sales just went nuts. Yeah. So they basically were like, hey, we can see this. They're trying to They were making $600 a week. Which, Jesus. Keep in mind the inflation thing. So that was more or less closer to $1,000 a week in nowadays money. But, but for an actor. For, for an actor that show. it's a full-time job <laughs> right. and merchandising. And uh, so basically they tried to, in between the first and the second season. Tried to renegotiate the They contract. tried to renegotiate and they full-on just replaced them and not only did they replace them you know how in the tv show every once in a while they do the transition of power in the whole thing oh, almost yeah. every time that happens it's somebody trying to renegotiate what they get paid <laughs> so they not only failed at renegotiating their shit they set the standard for how the actual tv show's arc operates because they build in people walking out and getting replaced into it so with the actual model of that show was let's treat these people like shit until they leave and that'll progress the storyline. <laughs> they're like their own little villains. Yeah. So recently, I can't remember who bought them, but they're they're moving over into hiring unionized actors and doing everything the proper way. But yeah, I don't think it was a curse. I think that it was a bunch of a shitty company hired a bunch of people who should have just been able to go to the doctor and know what was going on. And instead, <laughs> they were worked quite heavily. The Pink Ranger got replaced, I think, in the second or third season. She didn't get replaced. She left because in the first Power Rangers movie, 
I think she broke a leg. And in the second one, she almost got electrocuted to death. And there were, like, things that if they had been a union gig, they would have just, like, absolutely gotten screamed at or destroyed for having the equipment set up like that. And, like, there's a footage of uh, somebody telling Twee she didn't hurt herself. And it's, like, the cutesy little, oh, look at my leg, I hurt myself. No, you didn't hurt yourself. That fucking parental gaslighting thing. Like, you're fine, honey. You're fine, honey. And then it, like, looks at her leg and it's just, like, swollen as fuck. You're like... (laughs) Yeah, man, this is pretty obviously you trying to get her on tape, trying to say that she's fine, so that she has a problem with this later. But yeah, so pretty much glad I didn't know that till recently, because now they're cleaning up their act, and I can enjoy them if the new show ends up being good. Yeah, I mean, what would the VR troopers think of this? I That was one of them I never actually looked at. (laughs) So that's why I want to go through and list all of these, because when they said 30 years, the way we do seasons here that's like a bajillion episodes they're on daily so was that 25 episodes a season that's an insane amount of work to do yeah but uh did you have anything else for us um you don't have to i'm yeah just gonna do that i don't question. think i do maybe so, a shorter one is better uh, this is the part of the show where I try and humanize both me and uh, my friends and weasel our way into a little parasocial relationship with you uh, against your will. <laughs> Let's um, do it. So I want to tell a little story and we're going to see what we can get out of you. Let's hear it. This is about the first time I realized that bosses were uh, just people and I was getting a job at an ice cream store by the mall when I think I was 20. Like, everything went great. I got the interview. Everything was fine. I was a little older than everybody, so they were immediately like, oh, you could be a shift supervisor. So I got like that. First day of work rolls around, and I walked in, and I couldn't find the woman who was in charge, who ended up being, like, the owner's daughter and my boss for the very short amount of time I worked there. And I walked into the back because I heard some screaming, and she was just trying to shove ice cream and milk back in the machine. Yeah, it's like that what that fable about the kid who stuck his thumb in the dike. Yeah, except for if the <laughs> dike sprayed him in the eye the whole time. But so she was freaking out, and I walked back there, and immediately, like, cool, great, grabbed a mop, got everything taken care of, set everything up for her. And that's how my first day of everything started. I was just wondering if you've ever been in a situation where either... You walked in and had to be the person that was just like, all right, well, I guess this is what I'm doing right now and fix something. Or you've been the person sitting there and turned around while somebody just walks in and uh, fixes your problem. Yeah, my the first job that I ever had was full of insane scenarios like that. Um, It was a patio furniture place. I actually tell people that you had this as a job still. (laughs) So the way I got the job was my friend, Eric. Shout out, Eric. (laughs) We were just kids. We were like 14 or 15. I think I was 15. And we were just trying to get money. You know, he asked his mom for money. And she's like, put up some signs around the neighborhood. Just like offer to like walk dogs or something. So that's what he did. Can you even do that anymore? Yeah. I mean, I guess you could. People probably just hit you up with a bunch of weird shit probably try to suck your dick or something which maybe that's a good or bad thing (laughs) Uh, i mean depends on the neighborhood (laughs) which quick aside i started blowing glass when i was like i did the second you said blowing after that that i think i was like 14 when i started it was right around like high school age and i went to a street fair and i had a couple pieces with me and i was just kind of like showing them to artists and like I didn't know what I was doing, really. I was trying to figure out, like, can I sell this? Do people here want to buy this? So I was kind of asking people, like, hey, how do you do your business? And also, like, check out my work. Um, One of the guys I talked to was, like, really into it. He's like, dang, this is really cool. And he started asking me, like, do you make sex toys, too? And I was just like, that's weird that he said that. And I was like, no, I don't. And like continued talking to him about it. And he was like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah, let me get your number. 
And like me just being a dumbass teenager, I was like, all right, this guy's interested in my work. That guy proceeded to text me about the custom sex toys that he wanted like five times a day. Yeah, for dude, like those two guys weeks. Are, those guys are fucking <laughs> intense. That's one of the reasons why I stay the fuck off of Reddit. It's yeah. because you can just smell that energy coming off where you're like, oh, hey, man, how you doing? You want to see my dick? <laughs> yeah. So he did that for like two weeks and I was like, God damn it, I have to change my number. Only time I've ever changed my number. Well, that's good to know. Don't <laughs> dox yourself. Yeah. Anyway, back to your story. Yeah, so my friend puts up these signs. He's like, oh, we'll walk your dogs or whatever. This guy calls him. And it's like, you need a job, don't you, son? <laughs> and he's like, yeah. So he's like, I own this business. Come down and work for me. Here's where it is. Like, show up on Monday or whatever. So he gets that job. Uh, and my friend hooks me up with the job. He's like, hey, are you hiring other people? The guy's like, yeah, bring him in. Um, so I think Eric actually started a little bit before me. But anyways, we're at this job. Uh, we find out that this guy basically only hires underage kids, illegal immigrants, or people that have recently gotten out of jail. Tax-free, man! <laughs> yeah. So, uh, to more directly answer your question, there was this process where, you know, like, uh, a chaise lounge or, like, a the type of chair you'd see, like, at a pool? Gotcha. Fancy chaise lounge. Yeah. Now we all know you're French. <laughs> I don't even know exactly what that word is. And it was funny hearing everybody else have to say that because they're all uneducated or foreign people. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but you know how they often had those like vinyl straps? Yeah. Like it'd just be a chair of like vinyl straps. Yeah. The things that turn to chalk if you put them outside <laughs> in the sun. Yeah. Basically all of them in Arizona since it's so dry here. So that was one of the jobs we had to do. Right. The way you do that is you take just a, a, a vinyl strap you punch some holes in it with a hole puncher and then you put it in a giant pot of boiling water so that it gets flexible you strap it to one side of the chair you pull it around it's like super tight to even do while it's flexible and then like you know it solidifies or whatever completely so it's like tough to pull off so to answer your question basically um you know, you had to throw all these vinyl straps into this giant pot of boiling water. Yeah. This it's all high schoolers that are working there. Yeah. The first... This is actually a kid we went to middle school with. His name's... We might have to edit that out. I don't know if you remember him. I'm pretty sure he's in jail. That's um, <laughs> just the list goes on. <laughs> yeah, but, so that was his job. I walk in and... He's like, man, I fucking hate it when I have to do this. And he's like sticking his bare hand into a pot of boiling water. Well, and he... just like, damn, it's so hard, man. It's so hot. And then I have to strap these on. And it's like right next to him is like a big ass oven mitt and yeah. a, a pair of like extra long tongs. And what you're supposed to do is grab it with the tongs and then use yeah. the oven mitt to, like, strap like it Like a around. sane person. Well, you do have to keep in mind that this person apparently went to middle school with us. Yeah. I was considered very smart in middle school, and I was literally a special ed kid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, our middle school was wild. I, so I think that kid was, like, loosely involved in a drive-by. And that's why he was in <laughs> yeah. jail. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, so much insane shit would happen at that job. We also had, like, uh, an upstairs, like, storage loft or kind of thing. You didn't finish. Did you tell him that he's supposed to be using the tongs and the gloves, or did you just let him do it? Oh, no, I told him. Okay. And he was like, what the fuck? Well, it just blows his mind. Yeah. It's like, I never once thought, you mean these are for picking stuff up fars away? <laughs> and and it's funny that that did give me the reputation of being like the smart guy it's just like don't stick your hand in boiling water I, uh, unfortunately <laughs> that is how this species did mature i'm gonna say yeah so at this job we also had this like uh upstairs it wasn't really upstairs it was like a short little ladder it was like this little loft that was across the whole warehouse but it's like 
you know, we'd be building patio furniture. So you finish stuff, you'd put it in this loft. Like there was a storefront out front, but if it wasn't going out there, you put it in the loft. Um, People would constantly like fall from that or like try to throw shit from that instead of like move it the right way. Yeah, that's I worked at a golf course for a little bit and I pretty well refused to use a ladder for anything the whole time I was there. Yeah. Like, I'd just be like, oh, some scaffolding, you say? Let me just climb that. <laughs> and then there was also, um, so they would, like, repair and refurbish patio furniture, too. And a lot of patio furniture has powder coat on it. So yeah. it's like, there's a way to remove that. You know, there's multiple ways. But this guy's idea to as far as removing the powder coat so he could rework these chairs was give high schoolers a flamethrower. Sounds like my kind of guy, man. (laughs) And a giant pile of broken chairs and just tell them to go at it. I mean, yeah, that's speaking from personal experience. I have used a flamethrower in probably what would be considered uh, strange places to use a flamethrower. And I mean, I've never legitimately had a flamethrower. It's always been a makeshift thing. But it's been useful when I've done it. Like, I use it to remove uh, grease from the side of deep fryers when it's real caked down there. You just, like, blow it till it, like, starts oozing down the side, and then you can just scrape it off real easy. Yeah. Um, but every time somebody has ever once caught me with a flamethrower doing any part of my job, there's been a lot of questions. <laughs> like, no one's ever like, that's that's how you're supposed to do it. They're just more of the, okay, Keelan, just make sure there's no uh, flammable shit next to it. Yeah. Which, I mean, deep fryers are hooked up to gas mains, so... Yeah, this same guy, uh, boss of the patio furniture place, he once called someone into his office and threatened to fire them because they smelled like crack. That's fucking awesome. Oh my <laughs> it's God. like I would have smoked crack at that job just because of that. Like, that would have made me a crack addict. That would have been the end of it. He would have accused me of being on crack, and I would have been like, oh, you want to see somebody on crack, sir? You want to see how fast I can use this flamethrower? Well, it's like... Crack doesn't have much of a smell, I don't think. And if it does, I don't think you would smell so strongly of crack that anyone else could tell. I think you would more (laughs) smell like you haven't showered in several days because you've been too busy doing crack. Yeah, sure. That's one thing. You could be like, oh, you seem crazy or whatever. But yeah, this guy was just straight up like, I smell the crack on you. Come into my office. (laughs) Indeed. Um. Well, that's great. At least it doesn't take a lot to become the smartest guy at patio furniture. Yeah. Um, If you don't have anything else, I think we're going to put a nice little seal on this podcast product and slide it down the gullets of all of our beautiful listeners. Uh, Have a great day, guys. Let's be clear. I'm literally the smartest programmer that has ever lived, okay? download watch this you want to see why i'm the smartest programmer that ever lived let me show you how, how i can prove that i am the smartest programmer that ever lived here's what you do go to my website 